And he not only knows his way around the digital world, but mm -hmm. he can swing a sword. <laughs> Absolutely. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Joe, Dr. Energy Piazza. Rara is in the house. Catherine Asaro Myers. Welcome back to BU Network Podcast, conversations worth having. On our podcast, you can expect three things. One, the BU guest moment. Two, the BU moment. And three, the BU final moment. As promised, we are giving you a very special audible on each show. Your job, well, not your job, it's to find it. You know the game Where's Waldo? Well, here we will ask you to listen for that audible. Dr. Energy, how you doing? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing great. My Fitbit just told me to get up and move some more. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it it, isn't it amazing how we rely on these things? Like we can't just, it, it almost feels like we're, we're becoming so digital that we forget to pay attention to our own bodies and our own internal rhythms that tell us to get up and move, that we need something outside of ourselves. It's like, right. Yeah, it's, it's something to be thought about for sure. Like we should know when to get up. I also use, exactly. I think I, I might've told you this in the last episode or the last time we recorded. I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, or if we spoke about it, but mm. I use a digital assistant. Okay. Right. So in my bridge room, I don't like anything to sit here unless it's working for me. Like that's right. just the way it goes here. So at 1130, I have a program that reminds me to meditate. <laughs> I was in a Zoom meeting the other day that should have been done by 1130, but it like went over, meaning we should be off like hard close at 1130. Yeah, and it right. didn't. So there's, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 people on this Zoom meeting. And <laughs> my digital assistant says, reminder, meditate really loud. And <laughs> everyone that we're all unmuted and everyone there says, I want to speak to the person who has that going on. And it was a crazy, crazy time because I must have had four or five appointments out of like 30, 40 people. And <laughs> that was so funny because I make sure that at 1130, no matter what I'm doing, right. I stop. That is my meditation time. Now, if I go five minutes or 10 minutes over that, there is not some non-negotiable time in my life. And I want it known. So when my Fitbit tells me to get up, I could ignore it if I choose to, or I could stand up, but I am not letting anything get in the way of my meditation. Right. So today I'm in my bridge room mm -hmm. here in Niagara on the lake. It's a mm -hmm. little windy today, but mm -hmm. it's just one of those, one of those beautiful days in my opinion, because of course, summer looks like it's over, although we're going to get some warm days, but mm -hmm. we can still go outside and let the wind blow in our oh, yeah. face. And of course, go out and take walks and think about like, turning the heat up a little bit and getting cozy, and, <laughs> you know, start to think about, I still want to eat salads, but you know, my right. husband's like, really, you want to still eat salads? I'm like, well, look at the garden, what we've got yeah, growing. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. I do. So when I'm sitting here in my bridge room, I think I'll just sort of go first and tell you. Sure, looking, go for it. Look, yeah, thank you. I'm looking at the wonderful results I got from the sun in this room. Mm -hmm. I put a few plants in and then I put a few more and then I put a few more and they're doing fantastic in this room. There is just great energy and sunlight. I think it's going to be the bridge plant room by the time. <laughs> and I, this was something that I liked when I was in, you know, when we lived in Toronto, uh, in Etobicoke that I liked about my bridge room. I had all my plants and I could talk to them and, right. you know, they just felt me. So this is, this is a really great thing. I like to be surrounded by green, not to mention that American money is green, but I like to be surrounded by <laughs> well, green. And green is also the color of the heart chakra. So, mm, so there I am in mm. my, in my heart center. And I have some really lovely mint and lemon mm. infusion going on in the room today. Nice. 
And I have to tell you how I started my day today. Sebastian Maniscalco cracks me up. <laughs> cracks me up opening up the box with four pair of shoes, two sneakers for his wife and two for him. And how he's like, just stop the video. This is boring. Stop the video. You know, he just does this with the opening of the box. And I, you know, I get a notification that he posted something and it just so happens to be the first thing. I have to be cracked up by Sebastian Maniscalco. And I really like listening to the very down to earth guest. Gary V, because right. this just gives me a dose of hardcore reality. Right. I think he gives it to us straight. So that's what I do in the morning to get myself started with some humor and some information. And right. then, of course, when we record in the morning, that's just great for me because I'm sort of high energy. I like recording earlier rather than later because I can keep my energy up. At the end of the day, my voice might go. So today's really, really good. We're, we're in, good, I'm in good spirits here today, and I'm really happy that we have such an amazing show and an amazing mm -hmm. guest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, me too. What about you, Dr. Energy? What's going on in your part of the world? Well, much like Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ottawa today is, you know, it's intermittent wind, uh, you know, gusts up to, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour, something like that, maybe. But it, it's beautiful. It's, it's a little bit overcast, but, you know, I, as I've you know mentioned in the past and, and actually in my, Toastmasters meeting last time, I got to be the uh, Toastmaster of the meeting. So basically the MC and I chose, and the Toastmaster always chooses a theme uh, for the meeting. And, and then all of the other parts of the meetings sort of work with the theme, whether it be the humor or the table topics or the toast, those types of things. And my, my theme for the meeting was the most wonderful time of the year. Now, we most most of the time that gets associated with the Christmas holiday season. But for me, this truly is my most wonderful time of the year. You mentioned in your BU moment about things get a little cooler and turning the heat up and, and that sort of thing. For me, I love having the windows open at night when it's this cool. You know, we're getting mm -hmm. down close to uh, zero degrees Celsius. So, you know, you know, five, you know, this is close to 32 degrees Fahrenheit for those of our fans in, in the US. And I sleep with the windows open because I like it nice and cool and chill when I sleep. And, you know, then I throw on a You're blanket. You're a chilly superhero. Uh, yeah. You call me, what's that guy's <laughs> name? Uh, I, uh, superhero. The, uh, Iceman? No. Iceman. Yeah, yeah. Iceman. Yeah. Yeah. There's Iceman. <laughs> and then there's also a, there's also a, a bad guy, super bad guy. Uh, Sub-Zero is another, right? So the- Tony Soprano? Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ice them all. Yeah. Put you on ice. I'm going to put you on ice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so for me, this is my most wonderful time of the year, and I truly love getting outside, seeing all the colors. You know, I'm still wearing I'm still wearing shorts, even though the temperatures are dropping. You know, it's and riding my bike. It's just I I love it. It's it's fantastic. And then you, of course we get into harvesting all of the root vegetables like sweet potatoes mm. and potatoes and Brussels sprouts and 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 all that type of stuff. Uh, um, radishes even a little bit all, all those you know i love the root vegetables you know there's nothing better than cutting them all up putting them mm -hmm. in a roasting pan with some olive oil and some spices yep. and stick them in the oven and, and then and then roasting them and just eating them for like two days or three days as you reheat love them and then that think, oh my god that's you know some people don't like brussels sprouts but i i absolutely we love, love them. them yeah yeah we and do too especially when you put them in, mix them in with some beets and carrots and potatoes and sweet potatoes and, oh, and onions and garlic. Oh, it's just, it's you're so just right. missing the turkey now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's coming. That's coming up soon here in, in Canada. You know, by the time this airs, we'll, 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 we'll probably be, by the time this airs, we'll probably be close to the American Thanksgiving or mm -hmm. and have, we'll have already had the Canadian Thanksgiving. So, yeah. Well, we're, we're getting ready for that. That's what this time of year is yeah, for, exactly. for us here in Canada. It's to, I always like, I don't know if I should say this, but I always wanted to know, like, why, what is it in Canada? What is the thing? Like, I understand the pilgrims, but I don't understand. Right. I don't understand the connection, right? I mean, I'm not from here. So right. I was trying to understand how that came about on this day. Like, why is it now? I think it has, I think in Canada, it follows, it more closely follows the, um, the farmer's almanac and the, and the cycles of the moon that this is mm -hmm. this would be considered you know harvest moon time um so 
the Canadian Thanksgiving is when the har- when the harvest comes in and and, and everything. And I'm not, I can't. I I remember one time, many years ago, looking up why American Thanksgiving is is later, and I I don't remember. Maybe it's something we'll have to look up again. Yeah, let's yeah. let's look into that because we. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first moved here, I used to celebrate American Thanksgiving because right. I would either you know go back to New York right. or I think once or twice I had family come to Montreal where I lived. Right. But then I started to adopt, right, and adapt to Canadian Thanksgiving. Right. We'd go to the country house and make the turkey and put the kids in the truck and go up there. And, right. you know, we just make a whole big deal out of that. And yeah. now I'm sort of wondering, like with this social distancing, right. when this episode comes out, or or social, whatever we want to call it, right. or very anti-social, whatever we're doing, <laughs> We're not having turkey dinner with anybody. We're not inviting anyone. We're not going to expand our bubble. And we're listening to, like, if you listen to what's going on about in one's household. So we're not going to get a turkey for the two of us. We're like, we're not going to eat that much turkey. So, yeah, we're going to do something else because we're like here, just the two of us. That's a song. Right. Just um, the two of us. Love that song. Remember who, who was the artist? Us. Do you remember? Uh, I should put my Shazam. I don't know. I can't remember it either off the top of my head. Mm, let's reference that. It's, one it's some sort of like seventies or eighties R and B soul. Oh yeah, singer. I can hear the whole song in my head. Well, we're not going to be three of us with the turkey, so um, we're going to have a very unconventional Thanksgiving, hmm. which is create some other recipe, and we're going to make it for the two of us and. We are off. We're no, and we're taking the day off. Right. One thing that I was thinking of doing is I was planning to go to Toronto. So that was my first, as of like yesterday, that's what I thought we were going to do. Right. And then we sort of listened to what's going on in terms of who's going where and who's doing what. Cause it's not about going to somebody's house, right? It's about the other people that are going in and out of that house. Right. It's about the giving, giving of thanks, right? Gratitude and, and what we're right. grateful for in our life. Right. So we can do that. Like we can, we can figure that out. However, we wish, we wish to, um, to be grateful and to share, share our gratitude, but that's what's happening at this time of year. So yeah, we're both, we're both enjoying it for different reasons. I turn the heat up, you open the window, you know, I'll try opening the windows today. I'll see what that's like. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, and you know, I live in an apartment here in Ottawa and it's my rent, you know, includes the heat and, and stuff I just pay for. Uh, <laughs> so, you- <laughs> so it's it's because it's because it's old. It's the old good old um, radiators, right? So it's on a boiler with hot water going through. So it's the water. We don't pay for for the water here in the apartment. So uh, it's mm. included in the rent. So I just and and, and it's kept at a at a reasonable uh, number of degrees. I think around twenty degrees Celsius or something like that. So. Right. Yeah. So I right. like to, I like to have, you know, I, oftentimes even in the middle of the winter when it's, you know, minus 25 Celsius or minus 40, whatever window. it is Fahrenheit, I have, a, I'll have a window open. So mm. just to get, I love to have fresh air going through, through the, uh, through my apartment. So, you know, we do that in the morning, right? Like we turn, we don't keep the heat up high at night, but in the morning I open the windows. We're not far from the water. The water. <laughs> the water. So we get a nice breeze. That accent comes out all the yeah. time. And so it's really nice to get, like you said, like a cool breeze. Yeah. So I even like to, you know, do that throughout the course of the day. But I don't, I don't like to go to bed cold. You know, that's the other. If I could, I would have a fireplace. If I could build, like my dream house, I would want a fireplace in the bedroom between, yeah, between the bedroom and the master bathroom, so that I could have a fireplace in the bathtub and have a fireplace in the bedroom. And we did that. I don't know if you remember our house in Newmarket on mm-hmm. Atair Road. Remember that big monster of a house? Yeah, that we I lived remember in? that place, yeah. The master bedroom had a fireplace in mm. it. It had a living room in it. It was, <laughs> it was 1,200 square feet, that bedroom. Yeah. So that that's, was, that's as big as my apartment. <laughs> that was the master bedroom. <laughs> that was... <laughs> so cool i remember we would actually hardly ever get out of that room yeah i bet just there it was right it had like i think they could put 10 or 15 people in the bathroom (laughs) joke about it and say wow this is big so i would definitely put a fireplace uh, in the bedroom because i think that would be nice open the windows put the fire on that would be a nice combination but we we have we have some great combinations going on today with our show like we're going to really see what the blending is like of real life and 
and childhood dreams and creating business and actually put pulling it, putting well, you, it and pulling it all together. Well, you mentioned, you know, about how you, you know, the structure of your day with the, the meditation and everything and how, when you get up in the morning, what you listen to and everything. And I do something similar. I have a, uh, an email that I received on a daily basis called totally unique thoughts and it's thoughts from the universe. So this email is written as if it's the universe speaking to you and it's a different Mm -hmm. message every single day. And it's the first thing I read or look at in the morning after I get up, you know, I've been up for a bit, had a coffee and and all that kind of stuff. And then that's where I start my day. And then I meditate based on what that email has to say. And, and I know that our guest today has some real structure to it you know he calls himself the digital and his business digital samurai and it actually has a real life application as well with the structure so i think it's going to be a really great interview today and he not only knows his way around the digital world but Mm -hmm. he can swing a sword (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so i think that's a good time a good place to cut on over (laughs) to talk to martin That's a great idea. Let's go there now. All right. We'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Be you study. Be more at ease in your communication so you too can have conversations worth having. What is Be You Study? A private online room to rehearse impromptu speaking, receive instant feedback, and achieve quick results and feel confident that no one is laughing, unless you're telling a joke. Plug in anytime, anywhere. Study with seasoned pros. Access your customized feedback. Then speak with ease and build amazing relationships. Hello, Dr. Energy. Hello, Rara. Are the treetops beautiful where you are? Oh my God. It's amazing. I, you know, being in Ottawa, it's, it actually approaches a little faster because there's a little less daylight being a little bit further North than, uh, than where you are. And I went out for a hike last weekend in the Gatineau forest up to uh, Kingsmere, the old Mackenzie King estate. And you climb up to this, this trail, it's about two and a half kilometers. uh, And it's your 500 meters or mm. what's that in? That's about uh, 1.6. So you're about half a mile above the Ottawa Valley looking down and west. And it was just the treetop colors and the farmer's fields. And oh, it's just absolutely beautiful. It's breathtaking. I remember you told us that you were going to do that. It really rejuvenates you, doesn't it? Oh, it, was, it was sorely needed because I'd had a really busy week and spent, had spent a lot of time sitting on my butt in front of the computer. <laughs> so getting outside and using those big gluteus muscles, climbing the trails uh, was very, very helpful. And no phones, right? No cell phones. I left my, I left my phone in the car. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I love that. I'm really enjoying this. The colors are just um, they're mesmerizing to me. When I drive down the roads here, I still pinch myself and say, I can't believe we live back here again. <laughs> it just does something like, I don't, I know why we left and, you know, yeah. I know why we came back, but being back here just gives me this mental and spiritual and physical energy to be around nature. Mm. And it's so hard to believe that like a New York city you know, Long <laughs> Island girl wants to be around this farm. I mean, I still wear my little clicky poo shoes and stuff, yeah. but it's just so nice to be around. And yeah, I'm so yeah. glad that that you have that. I don't like that you're ahead of us. I like to be first, but all right, <laughs> there's not much I can do about it. Well, it, you know, it's interesting that you mention, um, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like, because our guest today, you know, comes from that background of the connection and the fusion, the the integration of all of, of the physical, emotional, mental, and the spiritual. So I'm really looking forward to this, to this today. We, so am I, and we have such an amazing guest to our audience. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about Martin yes, please. officially, and then I'm going to talk about him unofficially, some of the best kept secrets about Martin. So first of all, our guest for today is Martin Ricketts. Martin is a serial entrepreneur. 
He's known as the Digital Samurai, the founder of Unified Digital Solutions, Chief Technology Architect at Digital Samurai, and Master Instructor at Digital Ronin Apprentice. Martin has predicted and written about emerging technology for more than 30 years. Wow. Martin knows what most people haven't learned yet. He forgot what most people haven't learned yet. <laughs> Martin believes strongly that technology should be effortless to use and empower entrepreneurs with more mobility, time, and financial freedom. Most recently, Martin developed the Katana Digital Roadmap Program, a technology bootcamp that leverages advanced learning and the latest tools and tactics. Samurai constantly refined their craft and honed their skills over decades by focusing on efficient movement and precision. Martin integrated samurai thinking, tactics practiced by samurai for 1,200 years into digital samurai, creating an innovative program for entrepreneurs that leverages technology, digital marketing, and advanced learning techniques. Wow. What people may not know about Martin, he has a heart, he listens. His job is to transform what people say into what they need. Now, when I say that, I say that with the highest respect because this translation is listening and converting and delivering. And that's sort of a magician in my estimation. Because <laughs> most people say what they want and Martin knows what they don't know and he knows what they need to have and then he delivers it. So I was watching a magician the other day, believe it or not, and I was thinking of Martin and I'm thinking people should be jumping up and down and clapping when he has the opportunity to speak to them. Martin, yes. welcome to BU Network Podcast. Thanks a lot, Catherine. Glad to be here. Yes, welcome. Welcome. Tell us a little bit, Martin, about your day-to-day -day life. Like the last 24 hours, let's get into what your life is like so that we could paint the picture of you as a person. We know that you are a superhero. <laughs> let's, let's go to the, <laughs> you know that. Let's go to the real, the real you. What's been going on? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to somebody yesterday about, in fact, I didn't really realize it. And I'm currently dealing with, I think, five different time zones with people. Mm -hmm. And um, I have worked remotely. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know, everyone's doing remotely. I've been doing this for 30 years. We did, you know, I remember a job we did for a, a company once. It was really cool because it was a software company and we never met them at all. They FedEx the contract. Um, we used dial-up to uh, work with our uh, workers around the, the, the world. And... Um, and then they FedEx the check and we sent up the stuff dial up. It was all dial up. This was before the internet. So we were doing these things, outsourcing and this stuff well, well before then. So yeah, five time zones. I was dealing yesterday with um, Australia, Kampala, Ghana, uh, Utah, and what was the other one? Yeah, I guess maybe Toronto, but, but yeah. So I've been juggling time zones and it's kind of, kind of neat. Um, but this is the new world, this is new world order. And, and uh, when you can work with a team where you get the best people, no matter where they are, wow, that just, that just changes the game. Right. right. So, so you're on five different time zones. So the last 24 hours, you've worked in five different time zones. Now you are an extremely fit looking young man. Do you have time for yourself? How do you do that? Well, you know, that's a, that's an interesting thing, but through this uh, lockdown, I, I'm, uh, practice martial arts. I've done karate since I was 13, sword, sword for 20 years. And um, I have, you know, three black belts and a samurai title out of, out of Japan. And so I've been doing this all my life. Um, but during the, the lockdown, I, I wasn't able to do that. And I was having a bit of trouble, you know, motivating myself to do stuff because I get kind of locked in the computer mode in front of the computer. <sighs> And so, you know, I had my smartwatch yelling at me to time to move. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have been, so I do, I typically do my, my, my pushups. I have a thing. If I think about doing my pushups, I get up and do 20 pushups. So, so that helps. Okay. Nice. Um, and swinging my sword. So it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, probably the golf swing is probably the closest thing. It's a finesse. 
And so if you don't do it a lot, then you really fall out of the practice with the sword swing. Right. And you're so, it looks like, you know, you're doing an S, not a Z for Zorro, if you're bad at it. So I, I get up and I swing my sword a hundred times and, um, wow. and I'm, I'm having me doing enough of my, my uh, sit-ups. I think Catherine, I might have mentioned to you the other day. You did, you I did. Fit into one of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> what is this garbage? <laughs> we then, got into that. I know. We you weren't happy about it. Yeah. Well, I've had you know a six pack my whole life, and I'm uh, uh, north of forty. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm just yeah. I mean, I just take it for granted. I've had. A, I'm in great, great shape. I have great genetics. Thanks, mom. And, yeah. uh, and helpful. So, yeah, this kind of new can't fit in your pants thing is is a new thing for me. <laughs> and Martin, you know, I love what you just said. I hope our audience really picks up on that. When you think about it, you do it and you swing your sword a hundred times. You know, that's, that's such a healthy way to look at it. You're not wondering, oh, is it two o'clock yet? Am I going to the gym? Or is it, you just think about it, you do it, you jump right into it because you're, you're an entrepreneur at home. I mean, you're obviously working, you know, from your home base. So it's not like you're going to go anywhere to get that activity done. So you just step up and step into it. Yeah, and I've done that for quite a while. And I think what a lot of people don't realize going to the Zoom, I did have an office. I think in my 20s, I did. I, you know, I lived in London, Ontario. I had like six employees, an office to go to. It's five minutes away, thankfully. But, um, you know, then I just didn't need it when I moved to Toronto. And back in that day, it was a negative thing. You said you work out of your <clears throat> house, then, right. you know. Uh, the tech companies have got a little bit more in vogue sooner. Right. But, um, you know, what I would say to people is, uh, it, it takes discipline to work at home, right? Mm -hmm. I do not sit oh, in my absolutely. pajamas. Yeah. I get up every day. I make my bed. There's an admiral that does a great speech on the internet about making your bed. He happens to be the same admiral that went after Osama bin Laden. Uh, great, yep. you know, fantastic video. If you haven't seen that, watch that. But he talks about the importance of making your bed. That's the first thing you do, these small things. And one of my favorite um, quotes, I think it's from Jim Rowan, a few success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day. Mm, so yeah. I get up, I shave, I make my bed, I do all that just like I was going off to the office. And I think that's really important. Right, I agree with you. Yes. And we'd love to check out that video. And then if we can, we'll just post it in the, um, yeah. Yeah, it's in the show notes yeah. there, yeah. right? So please share that with us. I love that, that's fantastic. So this is your this is your discipline. So this is in your mind. You know, I was speaking to someone the other day and they were talking about how someone sort of poo-pooed the part of town that they've lived in. And I'm thinking to myself, what does it matter where anybody lives anymore? Yeah. <laughs> it really makes anybody who is thinking about that, it makes no difference. It, there is yeah. no like neighborhood distinction. Oh, you live in the South part or the West part. Like you live where you live at your office. That's what you do. That's where you pay your rent or your mortgage. And yeah. then you go and you do what you want on Zoom. I think we have sort of broken down those social elitist type. <laughs> Look at me getting yeah. into it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I, I, it's it's true. You know, I I dealt with that growing up. I in, I grew up in Scarborough, in Toronto, and in back in the seventies and eighties, if you were from Scarborough, you were you know they used to they used to uh, call Scarborough Scarberia. Like you were you were out in the middle of nowhere, and that's where all the immigrants lived, and and that and that was it. And and you know, it's it, you people have these preconceived notions about when you say where you're from, and as we're learning now, it doesn't matter. Like if you've got yeah. internet, you could be the millionaire next door and you could right. be living right. anywhere, right? Yeah, and I, and, Martin, and I you, you're a great person to talk about this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I was doing these things well before people were doing them. Mm -hmm. and, and particularly the, you know, being able to target different workers. Not, not even a few months ago, I had this guy, you know, I was talking to about potentially doing something together. Mm -hmm. um, and I was telling what we, we do. And he goes, oh, well, you're just an agency, uh, uh, you know, as in a, 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 a social media agency or marketing. Right. No, no, we're not. <laughs> we, we do a lot, a more, lot than more than that. that. He says, well, do you have the people working for you in the building in the same place as you, like your employees? <laughs> I said, no. I said, well, yeah, you're just an agency then. And he was, of course, suggesting that, you know, having mm. people under your roof as employees is a better way of doing it. And, um, you know, I've been long saying there's two models for production and lots of stuff. There's the centralized mm -hmm. model, you know, and, and a lot of companies in India uh, that are doing call centers and stuff, that's the model they use. Right. The ones in one big building doing a the thing, they all go through the training and so on and so forth. That has advantages in, in that, you know, controlling uh, um, 
the education and all that. It's easier to do that in that process. But not even Apple has uh, wealth of all the best people in the world within the driving range of Apple, right? right. So, so, you know, Apple has whatever it is, 100,000 employees, but I get to choose from 7 billion. There's just no contest. So, right, um, right. And I, I think having people under your roof as deductions are way better than employees. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, and there's advantages to some of that to be sure. But this guy, and he was, he was rather arrogant in that way. Right. Um, but he was also close-minded because, again, we have people in Africa we deal with. We have people in Canada, the U.S., Europe. Um, right. And there's advantages to all of them, and, and particularly Africa because of the difference in, in wages and pricing. Mm. Um, there's, there's some interesting uh, things that you can do with that that we are doing. So, yeah. Uh, having people all over the world, I've done it for 30 years. And, you know, again, since dial up before the internet <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what we do. So, you know, this is, and this is one of the things that we're, we're finding in today's day and age, especially with the, with the digital connections. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say a digital connection is, is the be all and end all because it's not, you know, you still yeah. need the human element of, of connection and, and being in each other's presence is, is helpful. But, you know, this is part of how our educational system and our, and our political systems are broken, that they're trying to do things an old way that no longer works and and that system of, of business and of education the centralization and trying to make everybody fit into one size or into one mold it just it doesn't work anymore yeah yeah and i've been you know crowing about the the one size fits all education is broken it's particularly um uh, poignant to me because i grew up in foster care and mm. so from uh seven to you know when i was a young adult i was in 15 different public schools and high schools moved, wow. you know, moved to different to 15 different places I went to four high schools in grade nine I was in London Ontario I was the only black guy in the entire school I was the only minority in the entire school um, mm. and that was typically the case whenever wherever I went I lived with white families almost all the time right. so I got very used to being around white people it's kind of strange because when I finally did go to some of my family in New York in the Bronx I really felt uncomfortable and, and not used to that that, that you know, it was kind of interesting. I couldn't understand what my uncle was saying and he couldn't understand what I was saying. I was in <laughs> big words <laughs> and uh, he was, he was uh, talking like, you know, in a, in a, a black guy in the Bronx and I really didn't understand. It was very weird, but yeah, I, I was used to moving around. So I missed a whole bunch of stuff because, you know, if you just lived in one place, you're not going to understand this, but Ontario brought in standardized education. Yes. Um, oh no, 10, 15 years ago. Forget who the premier was. I can begin. I think it was, think it was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he brought it. Before that, like I missed uh, cross multiplication and then long division. I have no idea how to do long division, and I right. don't care. And, <laughs> and I know, but cross multiplication was a toughie. That's a basis of a lot of stuff. Right. I'm. You know, I would figure stuff out. But you know, as as uh, things in life happen and um, they, they mold your course. And there's two huge things that happened for me. And that was one of them. Because I didn't have the education to go on to post-secondary, I fiddled at looking and in, going into electronics. I happened to go to a really good school called Beale Secondary School mm -hmm. after grade nine. And it was amazing at the time. It had um, all those shops, right? right. They had like an electronics. Uh, right. the, so I, all I the trades, right? Yeah, trades, yeah. They had broadcast, they had a broadcast studio. Wow. So our announcements were like, good morning, America, <laughs> the producer, everything live. And I named Gary Thiel ran it. It was amazing. And you, you um, rotated through all the different parts. So you would know real quick if you want to be in front of the camera or behind the camera, right. or if you like being a director. So that I went through that process. Some of the people in that program went right off to CFTO TV right out of high school. It was wow. amazing. And then for some inexplicable reason, years later, they got rid of all that. It's like because right, it didn't fit anymore. Yeah, I don't like. Of course, we all know the, you know many of the trades are short on people. So yep. why it was crazy, really? I went back. They remodeled the school. They took all that stuff out. There was like a, a you know a garage with a cars up on the hoist, the whole nine mm. yards, right? Uh, and so yep. it was very strange. 
But you know, Martin, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things was, you know, people think I'm crazy, but the summer between grade eight and nine, just for something to do, I actually took summer school. And <laughs> uh, one of the, one of the classes I took was shop class. And, you know, oh, yeah. and, and, and even in grade nine and 10, one of that was my favorite class. Like we learned how to draw blueprints for our dream house and then we actually built it to scale and oh, you know cool. learned learned how learned how to use a, a table saw and a band yep. saw and I scroll work and all that kind of stuff it's amazing totally didn't cut anything off yep, yep. I, <laughs> I made a uh, candle holder which is what most people make <laughs> I, actually I my parents in their kitchen or in their living room actually still have a clock that I made in really? grade nine like it's over 30 years old it's oh yeah like, it's unbelievable it's still working yeah <laughs> well i i also took a grade nine uh, cooking class i yeah. was the only boy and black guy in the class yeah. and you know what i still use some of the stuff i learned to that cooking class for sure so you know so that was really really great and again so i did electronics and broadcast we actually made little computer circuits and everything mm. but that model that uh, gary field taught uh for broadcast it ended up being my model for how I created my apprentice program. And actually later, after I graduated, I went back and Beal was one of my clients and we set them up. With <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Yeah, Martin, as I, as I listen to what you say, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, I just wanted to honor you and say that you have gone through so many life experiences. Mm -hmm. You probably have, and I don't know of any other way to put this, but you probably have a very highly sensitive BS meter. You know when people <laughs> are real and when they're not, because you have gone through so much. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I do to a degree, but reading people, I'm not very good at reading emotion. And so I often can't, uh, I know some of the, the, the you know, people I've worked with in the past, I would go, I mean, well, that meeting went really well. Like, no, yeah, but he said, no. Oh, but he, no. <laughs> just saying that. Well, the, so good, the good news that. is you can still learn that stuff. So Yeah, well, I'm getting, I've gotten better at that stuff. And that's yeah. the thing, you know, you're always improving yourself. And that's the other side of my kind of story. My going to all these schools meant, mm -hmm. okay, well, I can't go to post-secondary. I don't really fit in that. So I just learned to like to learn. So I just taught myself stuff. And that's mm -hmm. what I started doing. Right. And just that, uh, when I was around 14 or 15, I saw this uh, show called Whiz Kids, but it was basically about oh, hackers. I yep. and the movie Hackers came out and uh, I just thought that was fascinating. And at the time, one of my high school buddies he had started a business selling video games on the VIC-20 computer from Commodore. Yeah, I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, and then the- And uh, the Commodore 64, 64 was too. the yeah. next one. Yeah. We, were, we were a Commodore dealer after that. We were an Amiga dealer. Oh, nice. The video toaster, some people might remember that. It was a revolutionary- Yeah, I remember that. Board that did uh, you know effects that you'd see on TV, flips, tumbles, graphics, uh, and it went in a computer. Before then, you would have like the Chiron and these high-end stuff would cost a hundred grand. Yeah. The Amiga cost five yep. toasters. So it was revolutionary. Yeah. So, so we sold that. It's uh, it, it, and you know, basically what you're talking about is lifelong learning, right? I, I you're yeah. still learning things and you know, with the way the, the technology is, is especially with artificial intelligence, things just progress so quickly the, you know, this is something, you know, when we started this podcast, we're approaching 50 episodes pretty soon when by, by the time this gets published, we'll be past 50. But um, the, the, the learning curve has been so much faster. And I continue to, to learn things like how to produce a podcast, how to edit it, all of these things. And, and I think that's one of the important things uh, to keep that sense of curiosity. And it sounds to me like that's, that's what you do. Oh, it's critical. I, and it is, I've come to understand a core part of me. I love learning stuff. And I've, you know, reinvented myself a number of times. When we worked, I mentioned that Amiga and the computer and all that. Mm -hmm. That was a great time. We did really well there. We did some amazing things. Um, in my 20s, that was mostly. Around 25, I designed the entire media lab for Hallmark Cards International Head Office in Kansas City. That was an amazing experience. It was also the biggest sale I have still to date. It was $120,000. Mm. But there was two of us in this tiny mm. Canadian company. But the whole process was just amazing. I met them in February. It was actually Valentine's Day because I had a trade show in Valentine's Day. And they bought the whole system by June. So the whole process, Hallmark Card was an amazing company to work for. I've worked for a number of big companies. McDonald's was also great because I would, what I did was, 
I went um, because I, I didn't have uh, the money to hire people. So coming out of that program, I told you about the broadcast program. Mm-hmm. I went and started writing for magazines about this tech, about the toaster and the Amiga and all this. Well, because I was doing that, the companies gave me the tech. Which was right. Awesome. Panasonic gave me their optical disc recorder. Back wow. then, there was no way, you know, this is, this is before the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly for YouTube and all that. And, and um, the only way to write in real time video uh, was on this optical disc, because it's basically like a CD, so it could yeah. ser- search instantly to the different spot. Thing cost like $30,000 at the time, but they gave right. it to me because I wrote an article about it. And we incorporated into the program that we were working with at the right. time, which we called Showmaker. Wow. And that's a good segue, Martin. I would like to know if you can tell our audience, I, when I say briefly, I don't mean like <laughs> I want you to be quick, but I wanted to go into what we call our BU moment soon, but could you bring this all together? Yeah. Is it possible to share with us how you bring all of yourself to what you do today? Yeah, well, the other big part of the story is because I lived in foster homes and I was the only black guy around, I got picked on a lot. And, mm. you know, all the racial stuff. Yeah, I got, I got all that. I've never been one to really sort of dwell on that, but it certainly happened. Um, I lived on a farm for a number of years from 10 to 13. Um, and it was bad. There was abuse and all kinds of nasty things. But there were also some good things. I, I learned piano, piano there, I learned to ride horse, I learned horse. But after that, they put me in a foster home that had a lot of big, uh, big guys in it um, because they had, the home I was in had said that I was a problem child. Meanwhile, they were molesting us, but right. you know, mm-hmm. that's another thing. Um, and they ultimately got found out. But well, yeah, so around 13, I went to this home with all these big guys and one of them started picking on me. So mm. I started karate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a logical thing to do, yeah. Uh, and so did he, to my dismay. Oops. <laughs> but you know, bullies don't last in karate. It's a discipline thing. Yes. So he lasted three months, and I'm still doing it. So I'm, awesome. When I was 13, that's when I started. And so karate gave me an, an outlet. For, so if I happened to meet a great teacher, Ken Talek, he's an amazing guy. He's like a father to me because I didn't mm. have one. And so I just dived into that big time. So, you know, when I was in grade nine, 18 or whatever, the, what, no, 16, whatever the age was, right. I was a black belt. <laughs> so I did get picked on, but, uh, you know, I uh, kind of took care of them. So yep. you know, mm. that was all good. But what turned out is that the martial arts being about structure and order, because, you know, I could have gone the other right down with drugs and all that stuff, sure. that, and I didn't. And so it turns out that these two big events in my life going through uh, foster care, which made it so I had to learn myself mm. and being bullied, so I learned karate. I put these two things together ultimately, and I used the precision and the focus and the structure and the order that I found in karate to use in technology and my excitement over that. Uh, right. You know, like I said, my, my buddy uh, had that uh, company creating those games. And so I was really excited about, wow, you can make money doing that. They were on cassette tapes, by <laughs> yep. the way, right? Remember that yep. you had to put a cassette tape yep. into the game. Yes. Yep. But he was making like four figures a month. It was like, wow, I would do and that. Back, back in the day, that was a lot of cash. Yeah, exactly. So, so my interest in technology and from then on, you know, in these false homes, they would get me something for Christmas to say, don't take it apart. Yeah. <laughs> of course I did. Of course. You know, you got me one of those Radio Shack kits where you know, yeah, I took everything yeah. apart. So I also know how it worked. And it turned out I'm a detailed guy. Yes. So yeah, so digital sound, I'm a detailed guy that uses precision and all this structure I learned from martial arts. And I put these things together. Now it took me a lot of years to kind of co- coalesce with all this stuff. Right. You know, but looking back, I see that it was those two profound events, my, my learning early on to learn, teach, teach myself right. and liking it. You know, my first gig was when I was 17 um, and uh, I did, uh, I sold scarves. <laughs> I don't remember why I decided to do that. <laughs> but I decided, oh, I like these silky scarves. So I made these scarves. It was one of my first lessons in, in um, retailing. Because right. I went out, I boldly to the, these stores to try and sell them, right? Well, yeah. there's a men's store, I'm going to go there. <laughs> and uh, not much luck. But one of the guys said to me, um, I can buy it from China for cheaper than you can make it. <laughs> so I ultimately did you know, sell them all to friends and family, but then I decided, okay, this sucks. I'm going to go into technology. 
And so when I was 20, that's what I did. I actually right. got a, a um, loan from the Royal Bank. It was a youth venture loan. I don't know which oh, yeah. government put it up, but it was great. It was f- five grand and I went out and I bought all the tech that I needed. It was amazing. I was in heaven. I was doing all this stuff. <laughs> Sitting there in my room was all set up with like, monitors and then a Mac was my first computer. Right. And then I realized I don't have any clients. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to get any clients because I spent all the money. So I don't have any marketing money. <laughs> that was my first uh, kind of realization. Okay. Oh, oops. But uh, yeah, that's where it well, came Martin, sh- sharing this, you know, sorry about that. I mean, sharing this really, I'm sure our audience and some of the clients that are going to be your clients eventually who are listening to this, they will contact you and say, you've been there, you've done that. And there's, there's one thing I want to mention before we go into our BU moment. So we're, we're going to list all of the ways that people can communicate with you in our show notes. So they will be able to reach you and touch you and communicate with you. But you're a twin and I wanted to honor that. I hope that's okay with you that I'm oh, sharing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you're you're special in so many ways and when i say special i mean that really from the bottom of my heart that you really are a special man and that you're a twin and you've gone there's nobody that can duplicate you no one can can duplicate your twin but you definitely have something really special going on with with that person in your life right yes thank you and what i'd like to do is take the next couple of minutes and go into what we call our bu moment so i'll ask you martin if you can give us you know in probably a minute uh, what you would say came up for you today or be you final moment is what it's called actually. So in our final moment is through our conversation today, what we would consider conversations worth having with BU network podcast, what came up for you? And then I'll ask Dr. Energy. And then I know he's going to ask me. <laughs> well, the, the um, realization that, you know, I've been on this journey for a long time and, you know, now I'm really coming into understanding myself. It's, it's, um, you know, know thyself. I think my favorite movie is The Matrix, and that's one of the first things the Oracle says, and you know, know thyself. It took me a lot of years to really understand myself, understand what my superpower is, what I'm good at. I didn't know, and, and I think a lot of people are like that. They, they don't necessarily know what they're good at. I'm fortunate that I have a tremendous passion for what I'm doing, and, and that's, you know, some people don't have that. I've basically known what I want to do since I was 14. It changed a bit, but yeah, I mean, I really have. So understanding that and kind of looking at, wow, this is, this is uh, where I've been and this is where I'm going and I'm, I'm excited about, about the, the journey. And that is really mm. important. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Energy, what is your yes. final moment today? Well, one of the things that, that I've recognized and this, I love that Martin was talking about, that you were talking about superpowers. You know, this is one of my, favorite things to talk about is superheroes and superpowers. And, you know, the whole, I, I collected comic books all right up through university even. And, and I've always had a fascination with superhero mythology in that oftentimes the greatest heroes in the, in my favorite heroes in the comic books were always those that didn't think they were a hero that thought they were flawed and couldn't be a hero. And in fact, that their what their perceived flaw, self-perceived flaws were, were actually their greatest strengths, and is basically what contributed to them being such a good hero. And then the other thing that I that really came up for me is, it does not matter where we start or who we were before. It's who are we now? What have we done with our life? What choices have we made? Um, throughout our lifetime to bring us to where we are now? What have we learned over the course of our lifetime that we can now apply and share with others? Because really, I think that's really what it's all about. It doesn't necessarily matter where you came from. Um, the, one of our mentors, Catherine and I, my mentors, is, always says, you, could, you can come from Yale, you could come from jail. It doesn't matter. We love you anyways, <laughs> and you have something to share with us. Mm-hmm. And so what we do with who we are and who we've become is what's important. So I want to thank you very much for, for sharing that today. Yeah, that's really good. Catherine, what's your BU final moment today? Thank you for asking. You know, I agree with what you just said, because we think so much alike about that. And I want to put a slightly different spin on it. My BU final moment was when we're speaking to people, if we truly listen to the words that they say, and we understand the journey that they've been on, 
we can understand the depth of their devotion and commitment. We can understand when someone says, I'll do it. And we know that they've been on a journey for 30 or 40 years or 50 years or 60 years, that even if it's something new that someone's doing, it doesn't matter what they're doing at the moment, but someone who truly understands commitment. You know, we used to call it self-made, you know, men and women, self-made, right? Just that terminology was sort of popular way back when you just create yourself and you create your business. And it doesn't matter if you went, our family was not highly educated at all. Mm -hmm. They grew to make a huge difference from what they did with their hands and what they did with their minds. And it had nothing to do with their education at the time that my family, they were born in New York, but you know, they were the first, first generation mm. um, who came over from, from Italy, from Sicily. What I thought was really important, and I still do think it is, is to hear what Martin has to say and the conviction in his voice, it's deep. I look for that. I look for the depth. Mm. And like the conversation I was having the other day with someone who was talking about, you know, someone who made a judgment on where they live. And I'm thinking, that's a very shallow comment. Martin doesn't make shallow comments. Mm -hmm. Martin has real interesting, detailed things to say. And I'm listening to you, Martin, and I am painting a completely different picture of what digital samurai is just knowing that you swing your sword a hundred times mm. knowing that at 10 to 13 you lived on a farm and knowing that when you were picked on that you decided to take martial arts and so did the bully but you outlasted him <laughs> knowing these things about you are life lessons that hold true for every and any entrepreneur in any business that they start. So I want to say thank you so much for being our guest and for sharing a big piece of who you are and how Digital Samurai is on this amazing journey and the huge success that you are going to continue to have. Include us, please, and keep us in the loop and keep us posted. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot. You guys are awesome. And I really enjoyed talking with you. And the journey is just beginning. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. Tell your friends about conversations worth having on BU Network. We really appreciate your reviews. And you can do that on Apple Podcast. Thank you. For show notes and links, go to www.b-u.network forward slash podcasts. Connect with us via our website, www.b-u.network, and build a relationship with us. Sign up to receive information, updates, and your free video training at www.b-u.network forward slash pro. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And thank you for being with us. Ciao. Ciao, babies.